This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, this is Dan Brook. I'm the CMO of Facetto, and I love retail. Now, I shop online like everybody else, but there's nothing like the retail experience. The smell, the touching, the seeing things that you cannot ever duplicate online. As many 360 rotation images you might have, there's nothing like being there. And then the secondary part of it is a great retail experience means that there's a great salesperson involved. And they answer the questions and they make it a richer, better experience. For me, Retail really happens when all the elements come together. It's the people, it's the sights, it's the sounds. What could be the implication for retail and even interactive content if you were able to get immediate feedback from your customers or your sales associates or your audience? Uh, what if you could share content with them immediately, whether or not you have an internet signal, uh, whether or not it's convenient, no matter the location, what could be possible? Well, at CES 2020 in Las Vegas, we happened to come across a company called Facetto that is doing exactly this. And the possibilities seem virtually endless. Uh, and that's thanks to an incredible, not just product or use case, but a platform that they've created that has an absurd number of patents attached to it. And we're going to find out all about that right now. You're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry, recorded on location. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Mark Rako on location at CES in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am here with Dan Brook. He's the CMO and Vice President of Sales at Facetto. I think I'm saying that right, right, Dan? You are. It is Facetto. Okay. And it's Brook, right? It is. Dan Brook. Dan, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to just stumble by your booth in the sea of impressive exhibits at CES. It really is just an ocean of innovation and opportunity. I, I think that that, that's a true statement. And that's why people come here, no doubt. It is the center of the universe with all things technology, and it, it's a huge draw. What is it, 160,000 people this year? I, I heard 174,000. Okay, we'll that, go with that. Whatever the number is, it is incredible. But one of the exhibits or booths or whatever you want to call it that I happened to stumble across was Facetto. And what intrigued me about it is it was an interesting – it was a sizable piece of real estate – at CES, but a lot of it was open. There were there wasn't a lot going on, and yet it felt like there was something special going on. And it seems that the way you guys had that set up may have something to do with the ethos of what you are all about. So my question that I'd like to start with is, how did you envision this – is, this is your company's first time at CES, yes? No, they've actually been attending for about four years now. Okay. But this is the first time where we're coming to CES with two types of products. One is Gravity. And Gravity is a platform for a multi-device experience. So that has implications far, far beyond just the norm. 
But one of the products that runs on Gravity is called Forum. And that's the one that you stumbled upon and saw the demonstration. Okay. Yes. And in, in its most simple terms, it allows anybody to turn a laptop into a presentation server. That means you open up a laptop, you have a presentation, you want to share a video, you want to do a full-on PowerPoint presentation, and you maybe want to make it interactive in that you want to be able to have people in the audience ask questions. Uh, you want to be able to do polls to the audience. You want the audience to be able to download the presentation. So all those things factor beautifully into a good presentation experience. Typical use cases in an office, you just want to share some type of visuals with your audience. And that might be five people, might be with 50 people. It might be with 500 people. But the whole idea is you have visual information and you want to share it. And in today's world, we can do that pretty well, it seems, when we do teleconferencing. But we suffer somewhat when we're in our own room, our own spaces, our own conference rooms, training rooms. And so that's the idea and the inspiration behind the forum product. The thing that makes it, I think, so elegant and frankly inexpensive is that you're using the devices that everybody has. So a great use case is, and you can take all kinds of offshoots of this, but certainly company meetings, uh, huddle spaces, there's something like 35 to 50 million huddle spaces in companies worldwide. So this is a space where there are chairs, couches, beanbags, whatever, um, but there's no technology in that space typically. And only 2% of them have a monitor. If you're trying to share that visual information, how do you do it? So this is the technology that allows it. Anybody can take out their phone, a tablet, their laptop, and tie into the presenter's laptop and see it. So take a classroom scenario. The professor, the lecturer has got 35 students in the class. Um, they use our forum product. They use our forum router, which increases the audience from 10 on the laptop to 35 in the classroom. And every student, whether they're in the front row or back row, can see the presentation equally. Right. So it kind of democratizes Which, which does matter because when you have a hard time seeing it or whatever, you tune out, you're not as engaged – it does. And, and even in a company conference room scenario, it's one thing when we're sharing a professional presentation done by graphic artists because they know all the rules. But most company presentations involve a lot of spreadsheets with a lot of fine data, and people can't see it in the back of the class or the back of the conference room. So that's where the, the, the primary use cases are. But there are applications in the retail environment, and I think I've done a lot of work with Best Buy in the past, and I tend to use them as an example. It's a great retailer. They do a tremendous amount of training for the blue shirts that work the retail floor. So if you're a manufacturer, an LG, a Samsung, et cetera, and you come into the stores to train the Best Buy people on your new technology, not many people can stick their head in the ice maker or the new oven and really see what's going on, but you could have this portable presentation that you share with them. Talking to you earlier, seeing the demonstration, hearing you now, just a rush of potential use cases comes through my mind that's outside the classroom that, or, or even the meeting space in retail and in content. I, I just want to share some things with you. This is your interview, not mine, but maybe it'll prompt some discussion. You know, the opportunity in a retail setting, let's use Best Buy where there's associates all over the store or, or a Walmart or something like that or a Home Depot or something. 
and the ability to put a poll out to your associates and say, who's available right now? And someone can signal an IM. That's more than like a text. That's like, who knows what this is? Uh, anyone know the price on this? Uh, what are you doing right now? You know, you could get a sense as to what the activity of people is. The opportunity to train on something, the opportunity to put this out to customers uh, if you can get customers to engage, to, to integrate this as a, a, into existing apps, which I assume is from the API standpoint, something you guys have thought about or executed, uh, you know, the opportunity to all of a sudden have something pop on your phone that is a sale of the minute. And it's like, here's this cool toy for the next 10 minutes it's on sale in the toy aisle and for that to show up on people's phones. I think about uh, airplanes. Uh, the, a lot of times you don't have Wi-Fi ain't so great. The opportunity to deliver this kind of technology and have information come to people, even entertainment come to people, interactive uh, content, you know, um, even just from an entertainment standpoint, you know, to be in a theater. Or, or can you imagine like the opportunity uh, for interactive live theater with this? And um, just over and over just the worlds that this can open up. How is your company? So this all comes to a question. How is your company thinking without just going, oh yeah, that's a neat use case. Oh yeah, that's a new case. How are you mapping out saying the world is our oyster? Where do we go next? How are you thinking about that? You, I'm even thinking sure. about hospitality here too, you know. Sure. When you walked in our booth, you saw, you know, displays and, and people and and you might have seen some text up on our large signage above, which is gravity controls everything. And so gravity is this platform that, again, is trying to create this multi-device experience that allows people to do things so much more efficiently and do things at a level of, you know, connectivity that just is is pretty much unprecedented. For example, uh, I think there's there's a lot of solutions out there that leverage the power of a smartphone, but if you're controlling your TV, for example, with a smartphone, then your phone is no longer a phone. You can't shoot a video. You can't pick up calls. It winds up becoming dedicated. And what we're trying to do with the Gravity platform is reduce friction between devices and also leverage the power of what is our proprietary technology called Sense and Connect. And Sense and Connect, and this is what you're going to in that retail environment, is that when someone walks into a retail environment, their phone, if they want it to be, will be sensed automatically. It will connect to other devices and systems automatically. And that makes it that much more elegant from an infrastructure and user standpoint, protecting the privacy you want to protect, but also leveraging the opportunities that are in that store, whether it's a sale or whether it's, I mean, maybe they're doing a great makeup demonstration in the makeup department of a department store, and you want to see that. But how would you know that if you're over in dresses or over in children's wear? And so this is a way of, I think, more subtle communication and connection than the old PA systems that they used to use. But yet it's also very elegant, and there's a visual component. And this is not just static presentations that can be shared. You can share audio or video as well. Yeah, you can. The video portion... We can, with our screen share solution within Forum, take any laptop and whatever's on it, 
can be pushed out to everybody's device that is pointed at that laptop. Is there a maximum number of devices that the system can handle at this point? No, and it's only dependent upon the Wi-Fi system. So the laptop alone will uh, allow about 10 people to attach. And then if you get the additional uh, router that we have paired with Forum, it goes up to 35. But uh, we can go far beyond that. It just depends on what you do in the way of routers and devices. All right, help me understand this a little bit because I'm missing a piece and I'm sure you're going to solve it. You're going to be that missing Well, hopefully. Link. I hope so. And if it doesn't work out, we'll cut this out of the show. <laughs> so when I was sitting in the demo, we had to connect to a Wi-Fi in order for the demo to work. But part of the argument here or part of the pitch is that you don't necessarily need good internet connectivity to be able to use this. You don't need any internet connectivity. So how come we had to connect to the Wi-Fi in order to have a demonstration? Because partially – well, one of the reasons we're using the system we're using here at CES is this is probably the busiest air traffic in the world ever when it comes to – how many things are happening on the bandwidth that's around the room? Right. So we do things a little bit differently technically for the show. Which may be partly why there's no free Wi-Fi here. Right. Part of it. Anyway. So, so what we do is we take the Wi-Fi chip that's in the laptop and repurpose it to become that presentation server. And so from a, a definition standpoint, an IT person would say – and it was actually funny because one of our very technical people came to me one day and said, Dan – we really have a server here. And I said, we can't use those words. It'll scare people. So that's why we call it a presentation server. But that's what you're doing. This laptop becomes that server. And it's creating its own Wi-Fi signal. But it's not sufficient right off the laptop to accommodate more than 10. And that's why we use the router. Um, and, you know, in a, Let's say it was a large lecture hall or a keynote address. Then you just either need to use the Wi-Fi that's resident in that space that has enough connectivity and power to get there, or we can put something in. All right. So let me ask you. So clearly, if you have Wi-Fi available, this can work with strangers that are the first. They don't have to go through steps to interact more than, say, scan a QR code or log into a uh, – go to a specific place on a uh, URL, right? Okay. But if you don't have that Wi-Fi, um, I want to do a presentation in the park, I want to do it on the plane where I don't have good Wi-Fi connectivity, uh, whatever the situation may be. How do, how do I get around that? How am I going to have a, quote, server, unquote? Sure. Is that, is that well, on the beauty my of laptop's it is it's, it's working on the laptop. As, that's working That's as, all you need is your laptop. Creating. And, and we recently shot a video in a park. And okay. So it's funny you should mention that. Um, that is one of the great use cases. I think of college students collaborating on a presentation sure. for a class on the, the, the quad, out on a lawn. The whole idea of, a, of a, a team of company people just saying, hey, let's have a, a quick meeting on this. And you know maybe it's three o'clock and people need a coffee break and they go down to the company cafeteria, which is an empty, unused space. And now all of a sudden they're having a meeting at one of the tables, but they have some coffee and they've got some fruit and they're happy. And, and I think that's a great idea because, you know, there's a couple of considerations here. A conference room costs $45,000 to build, right? So, and that's just the electronics in the room. That's not the square footage and that's not the walls around it. And that's not maybe intruding upon space that's in the building for other purposes, such as desks and such. So, 
there's a, a pretty strong cost with a conference room, but if we can just take that kind of meeting and put it into a huddle space, it reduces the need for that. Also, there's a statistic that we use and, and share with people that 40% of employees in a typical company spend about 30 minutes of their day, 15 to 30 minutes of their day, looking for a place to meet. Think of the human capital cost of what that means to a company when their people are wandering the hallways. And as companies grow, square footage gets more expensive, all these factors come into play. But I just like the whole idea of the freedom to meet wherever you want to meet versus some room that is designated for that purpose. Sure. And you think about people that are wasting time, you know, whether it's looking for a room or whether it's uh, sales associates being unfocused or whether it's customers wandering the aisles not knowing what they want to look for. You know, I mean, there, there's certainly an efficient efficiency that can be achieved here. There's also the opportunity, I think, to create engagement that is at another level. Think of a sports arena. I mean, what what possibilities could there be, or even like in a hospitality situation, or or what about a, a restaurant, a large restaurant where, you know, you can push a a changing in the moment menu to people's phones. Uh, and everyone can have their own menu. They could, they, they could, I guess, potentially order directly from that. But, but if nothing else, you know, you could – the chef could decide in the moment they're going to make something special. It's the special of the hour. And all of a sudden, it's, it's a brand-new menu right to your phone with a picture of that. In a sports arena, the, you know, live in the moment, as soon as something happens, you could have a system set up where you push that to everyone in the park and you can have tens of thousands of people all get the same message and that creates yeah. group engagement. Yeah. So, so think about a restaurant scenario. Um, let's say you want to have a meeting in a restaurant. Well, uh, let's say you wind up doing a power lunch with a prospective client and you want to be able to share your essentially elevator speech that's in a PowerPoint form uh, elegantly quickly, but you're in this power lunch mode. You were able to take them to lunch, but you didn't get them into a conference room yet, but you want to share information. So how elegant is it for them to just pull out their phones and have them connect into you and you can share and show something? In the hospitality in environment, and we've been sharing this solution, which is very new, with probably, I would, I would consider it one of the top three hotel brands in the world. They're already experimenting with it. And, and playing with it because what do they do? They hold lots of meetings in those conference rooms and ballrooms. And experiential marketers who are smart marketers themselves, when they go to their clients, whether it's you know a top company that it's doing some kind of sales kickoff or anything else, for them to be able to tell their clients, hey, we've got something new and different for your audiences. They're not going to just sit there anymore. They're going to be able to interact with the speaker without interrupting yeah. the speaker because it's going to be electronic and they'll get a quiet notification on their presenter screen that there's a question posed, right? And they can answer those at the end, in the beginning, in the middle, whatever, um, that the audience is truly participating. And then from a, uh, a keynote person, if they want to get the pulse of the people in the audience. And I think a perfect scenario for that is a CEO says, I want to do an all hands meeting and see what's going on with my people and tell them what's happening and get their input. How rough is it to get input from 500 people at the same time? And how many people are bold enough to ask a tough question to the CEO? But how about if they can submit questions anonymously 
to the CEO as part of that meeting. All of a sudden, it frees things up a lot, and people have a voice, and it makes the whole process more democratic. Interesting. Tell me about the genesis of this a little bit from what you're able to share. Now, first of all, we mentioned patents. Uh, how many patents are there on the technology? Something like 62. Why are there so many patents? What, what is really being patented as, to the degree to which you're able to or permitted to or in a position to explain? I'll defer on that one because to go there, I mean, anybody could look up the patents under our sure. company name. But beyond the forum solution that is part of Gravity – there's so much more and there's so much more capability um, that we're really just getting into it now. But you asked me, hey, you know, how was the genesis for this product? And the genesis was our CEO gave a lot of presentations and he would give those presentations in environments other than his own building. And so he goes to a, a customer site, a prospect site, and maybe a partnership and he goes to present. And what happens? The dongle he has isn't the right dongle. They don't have the right cable to connect. The projector doesn't work. The monitor doesn't work. The other software solutions that are out there that are supposedly so elegant about putting your uh, presentation up on the monitor in a, what is a, unfamiliar environment never worked. And it frustrated them. They'd spend, you know, he, he might have 30 minutes to present and 15 of which were wasted trying to get a connection. And so that's, that's how it all came about. And he thought, well, we've got this technology, this core technology. What if we repurpose it and make it do this? And that's how it all came about. And so, you know, again, here's a perfect another use case. If you're a field sales rep and you're going into unfamiliar territory, how much more elegant is it to say to your people that are in the room, let me struggle for the next 15 minutes and try and connect to the monitor or just, hey, connect to my laptop and I'm going to show you what I'm going to show you. And it's done. Fascinating. And uh, and who's involved with this company? Like, how did how did it come to be? Is this a, a, a hybrid of brands and individuals propelling this? Uh, what? How has this come to be? Because clearly, something like this takes funding. You, your presence here at CES is formidable. This is a combination of someone with a personal passion, our CEO who absolutely loves this form of technology and, again, is passionate about reducing the friction between devices. We have all these things in our hands and access to so many things, but it is such a challenge to connect and share and to leverage the power of the other devices. And so that's his personal passion. And so that fueled it originally. And then he found some pretty sharp people to do some product development and intellectual property development that is really extraordinary. And that's, and and people are starting to see, and they've been seeing what we're doing and they've been opening their wallets freely because they see the potential of this, this technology. Which there does seem to be. Who is your CEO, by the way? It's Koi Christmas is the CEO and founder of the company. Okay. Very good. Uh, all right. Uh, we generally in our, uh, discussions, uh, like to uh, finish up with a, a little cherry on the Sunday. Ask a little bit more questions about being human, uh, and I want to ask you: um, where where do you uh, where are you located normally? Where's your home? Where do you call home? Um, 
being in this world of technology, <laughs> I'm typically on the road, it seems. And since I head up marketing, head up sales. So you have an RV you live in, is what you Pretty saying. much. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm friends with everybody on Delta and United. <laughs> and, um, and it's like it's like the old show, Cheers, like Norm walking yeah. into Cheers every time I walk on an airplane. Um, <laughs> we have offices in, actually, across the country. So uh, a lot of the early product development was done in Superior, Wisconsin, uh, Duluth, Minnesota area. Uh, we've got software teams and product development and hardware teams in Irvine, California. And then also we're expanding into Phoenix, Arizona. So personally, you're a bit of a gypsy. Yes. Uh, all joking aside. And uh, okay, so then this leads to, I think, being a, a gypsy question. is interesting um, and being a gypsy has its challenges. It's difficult to feel grounded. It, 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 we need to feel grounded. We need to have rhythm and something that we grasp onto that's not spinning. So what do you do or how do you maintain a sense of being grounded? Is there a ritual that you do wherever you go? Is there um, uh, something that you do that helps with mindfulness? Or what is it that you do that keeps Dan sane? The fun of the type of career I have is working with the people I work with. It's the, the inspirational innovators like our CEO, Koi Christmas, who just comes up with ideas and we scratch our head. He'll call me up on a weekend and say, Dan, I got this idea. And I look at it and I think about it. And I go, well, I could market the heck out of that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and we start putting together visuals. I mean, we've already, in our heads, we've already designed our booth for next year's CES. I mean, just between the two of us, he, he sparked an idea and I kick it back and, and we fine tune it and we'll have it done before this show is even over. We'll have next year's booth designed. That's fun. But I think the thing that, that grounds me is truly the people I work with. They are a collection of some of the nicest, most capable, um, focused people I've ever worked with. And if, you know, you can't do it with technology alone. You need a team. And so I got the team. I got the technology. That's enough. That's enough. And, uh, and how, do you have any type of final thought you'd like to leave with our audience, uh, knowing that our audience is typically decision makers across a variety of lifestyle industries? Sure. I would say that when we've explained this product to some of the top industry analysts from some of the biggest companies in the world, sometimes it takes them a while because it's not where their head is at. Yeah. And, and the sense of visuals help people so, so much. And, and I think you were sitting there watching the animation that we had playing at CES and, and, and how the product worked and it helped you get it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think that that old phrase of pictures worth a thousand words is still golden, still works, still has meaning. Yeah. And, and I think that, when we can explain things, technolo technology things, in a really elegant visual way, people get it, and that's where the that's where the excitement is. When you see their light bulbs go on over their heads, when they get the picture. Yep. Yeah. How can people connect with your company and with you directly? Sure. Probably the best way is go to facetto.com, and there's contact information for uh, the marketing department and PR department That's and technical F -A -F -A support. F-A-S-E-T-T-O. Thank com. you. Yes. And, um, and we'll get back to you. And it might take a little bit because we're busy at CES, yeah. but, uh, but we will definitely get back to you, and we look forward to hearing any questions you have out there. Awesome. Well, uh, 
I can't tell you uh, how much I appreciate. I, I like to point out, this doesn't always happen. I, I literally met Dan maybe a half an hour ago and uh, really thought there was a lot to talk about. And I was pretty fortunate that he had a moment to spare to have this conversation. So uh, Dan Brooke, the CMO of Facetto, uh, thank you very much. Uh, very inspiring. And I wish you the greatest of success as usual at CES. Thank you. Thanks for the time. All right. That's it. Uh, for this episode uh, on location at CES 2020 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I do love saying that. Until next time, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mark Rako. Bye-bye. This has been Retail is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.